This is Carte Blanche, the podcast. Find it now wherever you access your favorite podcasts. Emergency care is crucial for the critically injured, often the difference between life and death. But amid a shortage of qualified paramedics on Johannesburg's East Rand, so-called first responders are taking matters into their own hands. Are these self-styled Samaritans doing more harm than good? And are they qualified to make medical calls for people clinging to life? South Africa's reputation for road safety is anything but stellar. One of the highest accident rates in the world makes driving here anything but child's play. But for those involved in accidents in Brakpan on Joburg's East Rand, survival becomes a lottery. There was an incident where two first responders from different groups were arguing about whose scene it was and the patient had a cardiac arrest and stopped breathing, basically was dead. A first responder is someone who gets to a scene of an emergency, like a car accident, first. It's also a term used by community members who help out and arrive on the scene as good Samaritans, ostensibly to save lives. They are neither paramedics nor ambulance drivers but usually members of the community with limited training, and they respond to medical emergencies. They love to go out, they love the hype, they love all the red lights and the blue lights. It kind of uh, drives them and motivates them to go there and to try to provide some kind of assistance. For first-time responders, it's a weekend hobby to monitor community social groups and cruise the streets looking for the thrill of saving a life and chatting about it online. For others, it's around-the-clock calling. Renette van der Heerfer has been a full-time community volunteer for several years, painting old-age homes, caring for the underprivileged. She is also an advanced Level 3 responder and responds to about 25 incidents every month. We do fire and rescue and motor vehicle accidents, motorbike accidents, um, pedestrian accidents. With provincial emergency services sometimes taking hours to get to a scene, community first responders like Renette fulfill an important role. She's a member of one of nine different volunteer groups in Brakpan. So are they community-based WhatsApp groups or is it just mainly for responders? It's um, responders because there's um, patient confidentiality and there's intermediate life support. They assist us on the groups. But all isn't as it seems. An advanced first responder, as Renette calls herself, is qualified to deal with workplace emergencies. It doesn't give them the authority to respond to a call. That's why we have emergency services. They're trying to do good, but by doing good, they're doing bad. Are first responders crossing a line? In addition to emergency care, Medicare 24 CEO Mike van Veek specializes in medical law. They're responding with red lights and sirens to an incident and then they're taking over the scene and they're starting to manage that patient. Can't do it, it's against the law. And that puts them in huge, huge danger. 
We joined Renette and crew for a night out. Former fireman Louis Pretorius, a qualified intermediate life support medic, joins them as a volunteer. Are you finding that there's not enough emergency services or the, the response is not quick enough? Actually, both and a bit more. There is a designated service in town. They've got limited capacity. Are they right to pick up the slack left by provincial emergency services? Or are they good Samaritans taking heroism too far? They hang out all night waiting for distress calls. But the scary thing is, if it's you in need, what are the consequences of a good Samaritan's deed? If they are not trained and officially qualified, they literally introduce risk to society. Stan Bezadenhout is a forensic accident investigator and has led thousands of incident inquiries. So right now we have this issue where people are just arriving at accident scenes and there's no one regulating the space. Not only accident scenes, even crime scenes, even shooting incidents. Somebody arrived at one of his cash in transit scenes where they responded to an active shooting incident where the person arrived with a paintball gun and said, where do you want to deploy me? Where do you deploy a guy with a paintball gun? It's just the wrong arena. And unfortunately, you always have to say, is the possible benefit outweighed by the possible harm? And when it's an actual life and death scenario, if the difference is between stopping bleeding or not stopping bleeding, obviously it's better to have somebody who cares enough to try than to have situations where people stand by or they are just too scared to try because there's regulations. Renette has a boot full of first aid equipment ready for action at any time. This is our medical kits, okay. Then if you open, you get your search bag. And when something happens, she hauls out more than just bandages. Renette films every scene and posts them to social media, recording her good deeds for likes and follows, and for what she calls marketing. For first responder groups in Brakpan, helping people has become a competitive business. Somewhere, somehow, this entitlement of its my patient, my call, was born. Jostling for the moral high ground has even gone to court. Renette and a competing responder obtained restraining orders against each other. What would happen if they respond to the same accident, yet they cannot be near each other? Who gets to save the life? Is there turf war, though? No, we don't really have that issues. I don't have those problems. Renette started sharing. She said that there are other competing responders who arrive at scenes intoxicated and then transport victims in unregistered homemade ambulances. A first responder is not even allowed to dispense a headache tablet. Yet Renette says that there are some responders who even puncture skin to insert drips and administer medication. Morally, no, I don't think it's okay. Once a first responder herself, Gloria lost enthusiasm for it. She says it became about ego and social media likes. This has led to first responders overstepping the mark, making life and death decisions. There has been a few cases where first responders have declared or told patients already dead, don't resus, which is basically killing the patient because, I mean, if you're resusing them, you're giving them a chance at starting their hearts again. A call they're not legally permitted to make. There was a time when Renette's 
declared a patient and said, don't resus anymore, the patient's gone, you might as well stop doing chest compressions. We spoke to another former first responder who made claims about an incident where Renette was present. Like Gloria, he wanted us to hide his identity. According to the message, they told me it's over. Our source was a good Samaritan, trying to save a man's life during a heart attack. Then Renette and other first responders arrived on the scene. They arrived, they just stood there. They told us stop the compression now. It's over. The patient died. Renette denied that our source was told to stop the compressions. But it doesn't end there. In this cauldron of potentially fatal injuries and competing interests, Renette partners with her son. Yeah, he treats patients um, under my supervision. Her son is 15. He has his own responder badge. His first aid qualification allows him to patch someone up with a plaster at a school rugby match. But he does much more than that on the scene. Was there, her son. She was standing by the child that passed away. And then he said he's got a laceration to the knee and a concussion. In other words, while out with mom, Renette's son made a roadside diagnosis of an accident victim and listed lacerations and a concussion as injuries. That kid has no right to treat a patient in any form or any way. He's putting people's life in danger. On the night we spent with Renette, her son told us that he has been to many horrific accident scenes. Renette thinks it's okay. Yeah, it's actually uh, more clever than me with patients. And are patients comfortable though? Because I mean, if they I'm sitting him. there and I'm, I've been in an accident and I see a 15 year old, I'm going to be a, a, a bit him. worried. They love yeah. him and even the people from the ambulances, they love him. Our night in Brakpan shows there's a danger of no good deed going unpunished. I think they need to stop immediately. And if they go through the proper training and get the qualification, that's the only way you can resolve this. It's bordering on criminal, if not already at the criminal level at this point of time. Their heart might be in the right place, but should untrained individuals be allowed to serve as first responders? We'd love to hear what you think, so share your thoughts online using hashtag carte blanche. Thanks for listening. Why not share carte blanche, the podcast with family and friends, even those living overseas? They can find us on Spotify and all major platforms.